0: Hey Logan! Hello,
1: hello boys.
0: <laughs> what's up?
1: Rashad just totally kicked me out, and he's pretending like I kicked everyone happen. out.
0: It's okay.
2: I'm okay. <laughs> I, I
1: felt bad with my bad, but I always do. <laughs> yeah.
2: This whole podcasting was a ruse, Logan. I just wanted yeah. to take your time for no reason. <laughs> I knew it just to
1: just to invite me and then kick me off. Classic Rashad.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh man, what's up? Oh, you know, nothing. <laughs> 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 I was gonna try like say something, but like literally nothing. You know, work, food, um, sometimes fun, occasionally fun, and that's about it. What about mm. you guys? Sounds
2: good. I've been chilling. You know, not much. Life mm. mostly, but yeah. that's c'est la vie. I guess that's <laughs> c'est la vie. as, as uh,
1: yeah. the Portuguese say? Yeah.
2: <laughs> Okay, so before we get into it, I'm just going to say today we have a very, very, very special guest. The most special of guests joining us today. He is the Troy to my Abed. He is (laughs) the most talented man in the kitchen I have ever met. He is a phenomenon, an inspiration. It is Logan. Keep going. (laughs) That's
1: very kind. What an introduction. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here. I'd be here oh kicking, it, kicking it with my homies, kicking it with the Abed <laughs> to my Troy and the Shirley oh. to my
0: Troy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know community, so <laughs> have I'll you, take i it.
1: Have you watched it though, Chris? Not at all. Not at all, because I, I must, or no, you you go.
0: No, I, thank you. Uh, I've only listened to Rashad talking about it for like an hour or so while we were doing a podcast.
1: Right right because last night i i dove i I was gonna say i took a deep dive but i'm sorry but i didn't but i took a dive (laughs) i took a shallow (laughs) dive into the podcast and of course the community one stuck out to me and that's the one one of like four that i listened to and rashad how beautiful what a wonderful beautiful love letter to community i loved every second
2: isn't it so good such a good show should we just talk about that today
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) have fun (laughs) <laughs>
1: but for real like you 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 like made me appreciate because i hadn't thought about community in so long and so you really sort of i don't know hearing your take it was like ah, oh, wow how beautiful community really was so great wasn't it so yeah way to be you're inspiring we're to, here to, to serve
0: episode. so what are the, what were the other three episodes that you listened to now putting you on the spot now
1: sure uh fleabag as well oh. because i because to me fleabag is the perfect show it is it is the epitome of like the perfect show and because of that it'll always be one of my favorites um what what else there was that one there was uh super smash brothers i listened to like half of it and there was one more oh no i'm forgetting it now um forgettable (laughs) i can't remember there was another one though i swear to god
2: (laughs) honestly more than most of our listeners if we have any
0: what? that's not true that's not true, <laughs> oh no. man.
2: Well, it is good to have you, Logan. It's Thank really you. <clears throat> sorry, it's been a long time coming, honestly. It's mm-hmm. very surprising that you weren't here on the first or second guests, so
1: I noticed that I wasn't the first guest i I must say I, I noticed <laughs>
2: <laughs> you have to build up to Logan. you can't just like yeah. if we started off with Logan, no one else would suffice so mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> also okay. if we started off with you like nobody would ever listen to just the two of us ever again you know?
1: <laughs> that's kind i mean i would listen to you guys i would listen to you. i mean but, but you know what you saved you saved the best for fourth or something i don't
0: know <laughs> <laughs> yeah actually fourth yeah good job
1: okay
2: <laughs> oh man so as uh, logan knows chris doesn't know what we're going to be speaking about today Mm-hmm. Um, But I will say, we are going to be talking about something that really does transcend cultural boundaries. It has <laughs> connected histories and people over many, many generations. Absolutely. It is a thing that really makes life worth living. Yep. And, you know, it's one of the few things that, at least for me, can really tell me a lot about someone based on their relationship with this thing. Uh, it is absolutely amazing. Today, we'll be talking about... The wonder that is hummus.
0: <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, oh especially because I just told Rashad before you came on that I just ate a bunch of hummus <laughs> that I made. Oh, did you? So, yeah. <laughs>
1: So, you're on brand, very, very thematic of you. Yeah. You didn't even know it.
0: Incredible. No. Nice. Incredible.
1: <laughs> I also hope that this is going to be interesting because this is obviously a podcast about like media and TV and movies and music and whatever. But this is obviously about, um, you know, some, some mushy chickpeas. <laughs> so, let's so
0: hopefully. <laughs> I mean, honestly, this is a podcast about things that we are enthusiastic about, and I don't know any two people who are more enthusiastic than about hummus than you two are, so
1: that's fair that's very fair
0: and I would like to say i'm I'm number three, but maybe not, but I'm definitely on the list.
1: <laughs> I bet you are. I feel like the thing about hummus is that it's everyone's favorite food. This is how yeah. I describe it. You know what I mean, even if it's if you ask if you ask individual people and you ask them what their favorite food is they're probably not going to say hummus. But if you go to like a party or you're serving a crowd and you bring hummus, it will be the everyone's favorite dish. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's sort of a yeah. universal crowd pleaser. Yeah.
0: Nobody will ever say no to hummus.
1: That's it. That's it. Ah, nice.
0: I, I mean, obviously I knew that it was going to be something food related with you. Right. <laughs> uh, like how could it not be having the two people that I know like are the best cooks like just knocking out out of out of the park i don't even know who number three is but like i mean there's a wide wide gap you also started a food blog recently i have heard or like in food porn instagram yeah that's it
1: that's exactly right i'm super late to the instagram game but i basically i don't know i think it was my brother especially who was like you because i just kept sending like photos to my family and like friends and my brother especially was like you why why are you like uh why are you giving this like to us like you should really just get an instagram because you're cooking all this shit anyway so you might as well just like (laughs) you know just like actually have an instagram and post it there and that's what i've been doing yeah
2: you want to plug it for a second what's your handle
1: uh my handle is logan.mori so my last name is moriarty but logan moriarty was taken as well as all other variants of logan moriarty so it's logan.mori that's it
0: nice
2: I think uh, so I'm so excited to talk about this topic with you guys today, but um, I think we should really start at the basics. Um, so, Logan, I want to ask you, what is hummus?
1: Wow, what a loaded question!
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I mean that's that's a half joke, but I guess it's also not a half joke. So, hummus. So, hummus uh, uh, literally is a puree of chickpeas of it which is uh, ses- sesame paste, I guess, um, lemon, and I've, I'm going to say garlic. I feel like there's not always, you depending on what recipes you find, like some people add garlic, some people don't, but I feel like it's ubiquitous enough to say also garlic. Um, and that's basically it. And then basically like varying amounts of water to get a correct consistency salt obviously and that is the essence of what hummus really is and so that's i mean that's literally what it is anyway
2: it's just so great honestly (laughs) like
1: but it's it's more than the sum of its parts isn't that isn't that the truth isn't that the truth
0: truly transcendent
1: (laughs) and especially when there's a lot of a lot of hummus nonsense out of there, you know, out there in the great wild world. But you know what? I'll say, I'll say this. Do you know what? I mean, that's what hummus is, dear listeners. But this is, do do you want to know what I want to say, Rashad and Chris? Please. I want to talk about what hummus means to me. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Which is cheesy, uh, but it's not because it's hummus and there's no cheese involved. But also a hummus, like, so for me, I started learning Arabic, right? And I like... Sort of has been like a passion of mine, I guess, since my freshman year of bachelor's. And one of like the major ch- touchstones for learning any language, basically, is the food because I'm obsessed with food. And obviously, me like probably most people who live outside of the Levant and outside of the Middle East, uh, hummus is probably was my first introduction to Levantine food, as is probably for most people. And so you know, getting getting more into Arabic as a language and as like a culture and then like the, the various the various cuisines that kind of go along with the Arab world. Um, yeah, like I said, Helmus was sort of like an introduction that quickly developed and just uh, snowballed into more of an obsession. And ever since then, I've been, you know, really kind of like trying to be a student of the cuisine and really trying to learn a lot and watch have spent countless hours watching YouTube videos <laughs> learning how to make Levantine dishes and especially hummus and lots of research and reading cookbooks and blogs and things like this. And so you could definitely say that, you know, hummus was, the, was, the, uh, was like the key or the introduction into the vast world of Levantine cooking, which is very near and very dear to my heart. And so, yeah.
2: And you spend a bit of time in Jordan, right?
1: hmm Jordan and Palestine.
2: Yeah, so in your experience going there, how was the hummus just in the land there or in the world?
1: <laughs> um, I mean, it, it was it was perfect. You know what I mean, and I and it was so it was so good. I will say that it's not it's not difficult to make a. I mean, well, how do I want to say this? How do I want to say this? It's it's not like hummus is a simple dish, do you know what I mean I like I wanted. I was stumbling because I wanted to say it's not hard to make a good hummus, <laughs> but I guess like it's it's uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say you guys. you put me on the spot <laughs> I just don't know what to say, but no, I guess what I'm trying to say is you can get great hummus outside of the Middle East. do you know what I mean like I had great hummus in Jordan, but I've also had great hummus in Germany. I've had great hummus in the u s do you know what I mean so um yeah, but I feel like in Jordan that's, you know, it's definitely it's a cultural heritage thing. It's it is an everyday thing. Do you know what I mean? And because of that, you really are sort of eating it in the motherland and so you don't have like all of this nonsense that we see in like Europe and North America and elsewhere. But yeah.
2: Nonsense such as
1: uh, as such as chocolate motherfucking hummus for Sean. <laughs> what? What? Yeah, you don't know this? Have you not heard of this? No, so, no. apparently, the um, I don't know, I know, at least in, in North America, there's this brand that's called Saba, I think. And this is Sabra, like, if you go right? to Sabra, thank you, yeah. Sabra. And so, if you go to any sort of supermarket, grocery store, whatever, to get like, you know, uh, refrigerated pre made hummus, which you shouldn't be doing anyway, but we can get into that later. Um, yeah, this is typically the brand that you get. And I guess they tried to like come up with like a chocolate hummus flavor just to get in like the dessert game or something. And it's just, it's just nonsense. I mean, that's an extreme. That's like an extreme for sure. Um, But I think like another thing is, I don't know, people people like to go crazy. People like to, they, they like to throw things in the hummus that I feel like don't really, shouldn't really belong there. I don't know in my, in my opinion, you can, you can have fun with toppings and with garnishes and things as long as they sort of pass thematically maybe Um, because if they don't, it's just no longer really delicious. And then it's just, it becomes something that's not hummus anymore. That's, that's kind of how I feel. And especially blending stuff into hummus. I feel like this is, I don't know. I don't know. I feel weird because it's not, obviously it's not my cultural heritage. Do you know what I mean? But I feel like it's, it's like just the, the, the the real hummus is so good. Why do you want to? Why do you want to venture away from that?
2: So anyway. And so, like speaking of toppings, what are the different toppings that you would encounter going through the Middle East or going in different places, or that? What are acceptable toppings in your mind then? Okay, sure, sure.
1: Um, I mean, I feel like olive oil is always it's always there. That's pretty much like no matter what's whatever plate of hummus you get, it's going to have like some olive oil. Um, a lot of recipes, you'll find olive oil inside the hummus, which makes no sense. Like blended inside the hummus, which makes no sense. And I feel like it kind of, I don't know. You wouldn't, you wouldn't think that. Oh, it's it's either sitting on top or it all gets mixed in anyway. So he, who cares? But it doesn't make a difference. I can't explain. Um, and so that's basically no matter where you go. But what I found to be quite common in Jordan, at least, uh, and what I do when I make it at home is I will pound up some green chili, and a little bit of raw garlic, and then a touch of lemon, and then mix that with olive oil. And so it's this sort of like mashed green chili, slightly spicy, but you just get that really vegetal uh green chilliness that just brightens everything with the lemon as well. And both of you know this. I mean, but I mean I've made hummus for both of you several times. Um so yeah. And then on top of that, again, I like uh a sprinkle of sumac more for color just because it's pretty with like the green and the purple, but also the flavor, like the sour is nice. I'm like I'm a big fan of sour. So that's what I do. Other acceptable <laughs> toppings <laughs> in my mind. Uh other than just like olive oil. I mean there's loads. I mean you could um I mean, to be honest, it's not like I see that many. I mean, like a sprinkling of, like, paprika or chili flake. This is lovely, obviously. Um, I think maybe putting on zaatar is, like, a little weird, but I guess you could. I mean, not weird, whatever. Like, live your own journey, live your own truth. Like, that's fine. I feel like it's it almost doesn't make sense because those are two separate dishes in my mind. Um, But uh, also meat, that's a big one. Some, like, crispy pieces of, like, spiced lamb. Delicious. Wonderful. Um, Yeah.
2: I think that's the biggest variety that I would see is like hummus with meat or hummus by itself, essentially, is like the right. the di- 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 dividing line, essentially. In my mind, there's sort of different dishes, Um, mm-hmm. at least when I think about them. Like I would eat hummus with meat for like a meal and I would eat hummus by itself as like an appetizer personally. But sure. Yeah. But sure, obviously, sure. hummus with sure. meat is eaten as an appetizer quite often as well. So,
0: so let me ask you this as the uh, resident vegetarian here in the group. Uh, who knows nothing about meat um would you then just omit the bread to dip it in, or do you would you just like take turns eating like hummus with the meat and then hummus with the bread, or would you just scoop everything up in one
1: you would you would have bread as well for yeah. sure, yeah, for sure, I feel like. Like when I, I guess when I say meats, like typically I've seen it with like sort of a ground meat situation, wow, Okay, so, small you know? pieces. so it's not, yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, I've seen recipes where you make like kofta as well. So like meatballs, I guess. Um, but you need bread. I mean, hummus, hummus, you have to have bread basically. Yeah, for sure.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like you scoop it all up in one. Something I often see is like thin strips of meat. It's quite common. I think like a shawarma yeah. kind of meat. Uh,
1: right right that too
2: yeah but uh, so good um I have, I have something surprising to say i think you know this slogan but i don't know if you do chris growing up i hated hummus oh i really disliked oh. it growing up i don't really know why because i was a child um i think partially because i had you know so there's a a contingent of my extended family that grew up in lebanon and their and going to family events or whatever and they would make hummus and they would bring big spreads of things and i would just eat all the stuff and i think that maybe i associated like that was good and then everywhere else i went it was just not good i think that's my logic for like going to places and just being like no i'm not gonna have hummus like i would still sometimes have hummus at like the family events but it's very interesting like as a child i guess I, i'm gonna say that like maybe my focus was more on like meat and bread so like i was gonna go for like things like fatayar which are like <clears throat> meat pies i guess they can be um or ironically though the other thing would be grape leaves which i would just devour like 20 of in once um but i think maybe as a child it doesn't have as uh sharp as a flavor and yeah. then, especially when you don't get it homemade by someone that grew up in lebanon uh and then it's just like absolutely
0: flavorless so what what you experienced was as a child was either your family's um, hummus or no hummus
2: yeah, and but the, the thing is is like i don't actually have many memories of even eating my family's hummus. I would eat it for sure, but it was one part of a like a spread of many things that wasn't like an entry point to a cuisine or or something because a lot of people i think when they think of levantine cuisine they think of hummus and then other stuff like hummus is like the hummus is on the forefront of people's minds in europe or north america at this point just because of its its exporta- exportability from the levant um uh, but for me it was just like one piece and it was more of a a less I don't know, as a child, maybe a less interesting piece of the whole puzzle, the whole puzzle that is Levantine cuisine.
1: That makes sense. That makes total sense, especially because I was probably the same as a kid. Like it was, you know, meat, cheese, and carbs. And then obviously. You know, especially like you're saying, if you're talking about like a proper sort of Levantine like lebanese meal, it's it's several dishes that you have to choose from. Do you know what I mean? And so obviously, if there is like a fat or a lahandbaje or whatever, you're obviously going to pick that over hummus if that's just like you know, so that makes total sense to me in my mind,
2: yeah, yeah, and it's interesting. I feel like I mean, it's part of the recent trends of culture within especially like the with the rise of um vegetarianism in western europe that's like proliferated hummus as well because it is so delicious it's healthy it's it's a really good substitute for like protein even as well and it's it's very interesting to me how it's like become so popular as the thing the, unlike everything else if that makes sense like the people that i would count that that i know that no hummus versus no things like um tabbal or Hamara um, or wara or these kinds of other things right. are—it's just like not even close. It's not even in the same realm. It's become transcendent in a way hummus has. That's not to like say anything bad about it. I mean, hummus is great. We all love hummus. Yeah, there.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: for sure. It's like for good. You know, in a way, it's like for good reason. Yeah. But I agree. It's you know the the entire cuisine from most people's perspective gets boiled down to hummus basically. But there's so 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 much more that is. I mean, I'm going to say just as delicious. Yeah. Um, and probably way more interesting at this point. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but I think that's interesting. And like thinking about hummus, like before coming on here, I was like, yeah, why is it so goddamn popular? And I think like one reason you kind of went into this, but like it's coincidentally vegan, you know? Yeah. I think there's a lot of things in Levantine co- cooking that are coincidentally vegan. And so I think because of that, with just the, you know things are popular because they're trendy and veganism and vegetarianism is i mean you know chris calm down like people people are vegan and vegetarian for their own good reasons um but it is it has become like a trend you know what i mean and hummus like absolutely satisfies like this trend kind of um yeah and it's easily easily accessible and available and people probably think that it's easy to make but then those people probably are making hummus that's subpar and so yeah i don't
2: know but that leads me to another question for you logan so what distinguishes good versus bad hummus what makes hummus subpar
1: Mm. yeah yeah and this is this is a tricky question (laughs) (laughs) because there are there are you know there's different versions of hummus out there and they're all you know Beautiful in their own right. Like I've definitely seen recipes and in, in videos where people do like a like a pestle and mortar hand pounded situation. You know, so this is a bit more rustic. It's got a little bit more texture like happening, and so that's not bad. Um, and that's you know delicious and wonderful in its own on its own. Um, but for me, Rashad, for me, Chris, for me. I love just like a smooth, like a smooth creamy hummus. I'm talking cake frosting. I'm talking buttercream, okay? This is what I like to see. And I think uh, another thing that you don't necessarily get, um, certainly with store-bought hummus is that hummus really should be eaten fresh. Like it's it's not something, you, I mean, obviously you can make a massive batch of it at home and then you can sort of, you know, keep it in the fridge and still enjoy it in the next couple of days, but it is something that should be slightly warm, ideally. And also I think what people, what sort of um, like shop bot versions and a lot of like recipes that are non, that are made by non-Levantine people or people who like have don't know that much about like Levantine cuisine is um it's sort of like out out of balance it's like mostly like the vast majority of this quote-unquote bad hummus is just chickpeas but actually like you have to put in a shit ton of tahini into hummus, like a shit ton of tahini. (laughs) And then the same thing with like lemon, it's all like a, it's all a balance of like richness from tahini because tahini is basically oil. Like that's all it is. And then cutting it with lemon, but then if you add lemon, you have to cut that with salt. And so it's very much like a balance kind of thing. And so I think this is what separates good from bad.
2: That's a good, that's a good answer. No, so good work, Logan on answering a tough question. (laughs) Honestly.
0: The teacher is pleased with you, I guess, is what (laughs) Rashad is implying here. Very good.
2: (laughs) So, but when people, like, attempt to make it at home, what are the, like, mistakes that you tend to see when people are making it?
1: Mm, Yeah, great, great question. I think, number one, uh, you have to cook your chickpeas. This goes for, obviously, if you're making it from dried chickpeas obviously because you have to cook them beforehand but also if you're making it from a can i feel like a lot of people sort of assume and a lot of recipes especially sort of assume oh canned chickpeas are already cooked so i can just like chuck this in like a blender or food processor and i can make hummus but they're not cooked enough you have to like cook the shit out of chickpeas until basically like they should be falling apart but not like making the water you know not obviously not like falling and making like muddy water like basically but if you look at those cooked chickpeas it should just crumble just from your eyesight alone that's how soft you want it and so that's like that's one you know and so that's what that's how you get super creamy super nice texture um and then again like this like people do not add enough tahini like it's really i mean the full name of the dish actually is hummus because hummus by itself just means chickpea in arabic but like the dish itself is technically hummus but but obviously they just people just call it hummus now because it's so like iconic and it is what it is um but you cannot skimp on tahini whenever i like am sort of i always make hummus by eye right and i will add like i will eyeball quantity wise about like a like whatever amount of chickpeas i have i will eyeball about a third of that amount tahini and that's where i start you know what i mean i feel like a lot of people will add like a tablespoon or whatever because people often don't understand tahini as an ingredient either and they often just think of it as something that you drizzle on stuff or whatever which is also what you shouldn't do tahini I do not recommend eating raw, like, just out of a jar of tahini. <laughs> this is also <laughs> traditionally how it's not eaten. Um, and so shocker. I think because of that, a shocker. <laughs> and so I think because of that, you know, people tend to add just, like, a spoonful or whatever. But, like, it's a major, it is a major component that not only affects flavor, but also texture. Leading to a third point, which is, I feel like people don't use water, like, Hummus, you need to add, it's all about a balance of tahini and water because this is how tahini works, going back to you don't just take tahini out of a jar and like, you know, drizzle it over stuff. It's extremely dry. Like if you take it's 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 such like a like a non-Newtonian fluid or whatever that's called is because it's like it's a liquid, but it's so dry. If you eat it, it's so like Acrid, and the, how you combat that is you add water or liquid to it, and this is what makes tahini creamy. And it's like such a magical process. It makes no sense that you add water to something in order to make it creamy. Like that makes no sense whatsoever. But that is literally how you you make tahini servable and edible, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but that exact same process is happening in hummus. You, ha- it's a balance of. Haney and also liquid so that way it emulsifies and becomes something creamy and therefore your hummus will become creamy and so i think those are the three things cooking the shit out of your chickpeas people do not do uh people don't add Nearly, I, I, I'm focusing on like the negative. I sh, there's plenty of people who make great hummus. I guess to make a good hummus, you should cook the shit out of your chickpeas. or positive spin. <laughs> you should you should add way more tahini than what you maybe would think would be intuitive, uh, and you have to not be afraid to use water or like to have some sort of or cooking liquid from chickpeas or something, so that way you get this emulsification with the tahini. So that way you get a creamy hummus actually. Um, yeah, because hummus is. I mean, it's not it's not loose, but I feel like people think of hummus as like a paste, but it's not a paste. It should be creamy and loose. I don't know how to describe it. But yeah.
2: So yeah, three tips. Hot tips. Hot. So would you recommend, you know, is there so much of an added benefit to using dried chickpeas versus canned? Um,
1: to be honest, I mean... This is a great question as well. God, you're just full of great questions, Rashawn. Look at you go. I see why you're the podcaster. Oh, my God. Well, Chris is uh... here, too. Oh, my God. Chris, your questions are amazing. <laughs> have
0: I asked any so far? I'm not sure. I have some. You did. But...
1: You, you had, yeah, well, I want to get to your questions. But you asked the thing about the meat. That's a great question. Oh, yeah. um, what was I going to say? Yeah, dried versus canned. Honestly, no. Hot take again, but like honestly, you can make a phenomenal hummus with chickpeas or uh, like sorry, obviously chickpeas. with <laughs> uh, <laughs> with canned or with dry, and like you could probably serve nearly anyone like if you were to do like a blind study to where you made identical versions, one with dried and then one with um, canned, like no one is really going to be tell the difference. the one and only situation to where dried is potentially preferable. Is if you use the Otolengi method? Do either of you know who Yotam Otolengi is? Yes, yes, Rashad.
2: No, but this is the baking soda method, or no?
1: Kind of, yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, Yotam Otolengi and Semitimimi are both like uh, uh, an Israeli and a Palestinian chef, respectively, and they have a book that's called Jerusalem, and it is it is uh, such a wonderful like like um i don't even know foundation like for sort of levantine cooking uh sammy tamimi also has his own book that's called Palestine, which is like specifically palestinian dishes beautiful buy them both um but anyway but how, how they make the hummus in their book is they start with dried chickpeas that get soaked right as with almost all beans like you have to soak them first um and then what they do is they drain them and then so now you have soaked but raw chickpeas You can then put this into a pot, uh, a hot pot, dry, no oil, no water, no nothing. Put in the dried, uh, you know, like the strained, soaked chickpeas in there with a bit of baking soda. And then you cook that together for a couple minutes. And the baking soda will, like, as like a basic element or whatever science magic will sort of like break down the skins and the key what separates like a super creamy hummus from a not super creamy hummus is the skin the skins do not like to blend and they're like sort of naturally tough no matter how long you cook them and so by doing this method you're really sort of like irritating the skins with like heat and baking soda very intense for like a couple minutes and then you cook the chickpeas like that Um, and so because of that the skins really break down and you will get a creamier hummus. It is going to be marginally creamier, but it is going to be creamier. And so that's that's kind of the one instance where I think dried beans sort of make sense. And you can't really, I mean maybe you could do this with cooked chickpeas if you did the same if you drain them or sorry, canned chickpeas if you drain them and then did this method, but I think you're just going to end up with like a mush in the bottom of the pan. That's my that's my sort of guess. I Fair think they're enough. too cooked at that point. But yeah.
2: Do you mm-hmm. think that marginal benefit is worth the added effort?
1: Uh, like I mean, if you have, if you're making hummus and you have dried chickpeas and you have to soak them anyway, yeah, then do it for sure. Cause it takes like two minutes. Do you know what I mean? For like something better. Um, but like, I don't know when it comes to cooking, like I'm a very, I'm a very laissez faire kind of person when it comes to cooking. Like you really like, do what do what's good for you. We're all human beings living in this world. We all have lives outside of cooking, and so just make it del- like make delicious food, even if it's not the most perfect version that it can be. Don't kill yourself over like a marginal difference. That's what I think.
2: But don't put chocolate in hummus.
1: But don't put chocolate in hummus. It's not even that doesn't even sound delicious. It's one thing if it's like kind of delicious, you know. But what the fuck?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned earlier that uh, you are uh an opponent of putting olive oil directly into hummus and maybe you want to elaborate on why that is
1: yeah i think i think it's it's uh, i mean it's 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 a, it's a composition of a dish kind of thing you know what i mean it's it's nice to have the hummus be the flavor of the hummus you know and have like the richness that it provides is coming from tahini you know like and then the hummet and the the olive oil should really be a garnish. it should be you know it should be two parts to a whole, but it shouldn't be one whole <laughs> if that makes any sense you know like you're not you're not gonna make you're not gonna like you're not gonna make like a lasagna and then like crumble up mozzarella cheese into the red you know the red bolognese sauce and then turn that into a you're not gonna do that you know what i mean that's yeah. If that's at all like a good analogy
0: <laughs> <laughs> maybe another example but um yeah i've seen a lot of recipes as well with cumin oh mm-hmm. and sure 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 yeah i just wanted to ask you about your opinion on that
1: i i to my hummus i always add cumin actually i feel like because i've definitely seen i've seen lots of recipes where it goes both ways like from uh like you know like legit like Levantine recipes, both like either with cumin or without, I always add it, but I add a very, very, very small amounts. I feel like in general, people cook with too much cumin and that goes across cuisines. <laughs> like, I think I think it is it is incredibly strong. It is, it is easily overpowering. And so I think just a bit of perfume, because I don't know what it is like in my mind, because since you have to cook the shit out of the chickpeas, it's they obviously lose flavor, it leaches into the water, and so having just a touch of cumin to give a little bit of interest and almost like reinvigor the chickpeas, like in a way. This this serves this is what the cumin serves, I guess, in my mind. Yeah. So I always add it, but a very small amount, a pinch,
0: mm. yeah. And that's something that I personally really like about you know, c- a certain philosophy on cooking, I guess, is do not make it too difficult. You know, not add yeah. like three more ingredients sort of thing. And it's like, no, Absolutely. like stick to the basics and it's going to taste delicious. I mean, there is merit in making things very, very elaborate and fancy. But mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day, you know, a basic dish will do as well. And I feel like that's kind of the encapsulation of that is hummus.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, very good point. Because obviously cooking is fun. So it's good to have fun and be crazy if that's what you're... You know if that's what you're all about but not at the expense of the final dish being less good you know and i feel like yeah i don't know and obviously good is like a subjective thing but like whatever you guys <laughs>
0: <laughs> so do you uh are there any points where you disagree with logan
2: here we go not necessarily i don't put cumin in my hummus well sometimes i do sometimes i don't depends on my mood honestly no, totally fair, I, no i there's nothing I would say that's different, honestly okay. um I tend to use dried chickpeas just because I have a lot of dried chickpeas in the house always uh, but same, that's just <laughs> interesting so,
0: peel or no peel uh, peel the
1: chickpea skins yeah. you mean, yeah, oh girl, I mean again, in an ideal world you're you're peeling all those chickpeas you know fucking what I mean? forever. <laughs> like who Rashad would actually Rashad 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 like here's the thing dear listeners about Rashad (laughs) Rashad asked the question oh is that marginal difference worth it and I basically said no unless that's unless you're in a position where you know you want to but Rashad there is no there's no such thing as a marginal difference not being worth it Rashad well if if it if it I feel like, Rashad, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Rashad, the way that you cook is I have to do, everything is in the pursuit of perfection. Everything, every decision and everything that I do is in the pursuit of getting a perfect dish. I feel like this is how you approach cooking. Am I
2: wrong? <laughs> You're not wrong, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh... But yet, I'm yeah. always disappointed with the food that I make, so...
1: And, and isn't that just the vicious cycle dish of it all, Rashad? <laughs> And you make delicious food. You're a great cook, so you shouldn't have to be disappointed. Yeah. It's okay.
0: I feel like one of the to- like three, mo- one of the three moments where I was most nervous in the last twelve months was when Rashad was visiting me and I made hummus for him. I oh, like- <laughs> I was so Richard, nervous. Rashad. How was it?
2: It was good. It was good. I enjoyed but it for it's... sure. There was not enough bread, so we had to resort yeah. to carrots, which was sad. Mm. But that wasn't yeah. Chris's fault. Mm
0: no mm, sure there was sure, nothing sure, sure, we could sure, sure. do it was a Sunday, and sundays in germany you know how it is logan girl
1: that's it unless you're like okay i guess we can make some but it's gonna take like three hours yeah. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> but nice good for you chris you got rashad's you got rashad's approval he's the, he's the toughest critic i think i've ever i've ever cooked for yeah you know? yeah but he would he's also
0: he is also a kind person and wouldn't like dunk me this like, like he wouldn't roast me on the podcast
1: this is very true he would wait to save that shit for off air. <laughs> exactly. He's
0: probably messen- messaging you right as we speak. It's like, no, but actually it was shit. He is. He is. <laughs> yeah. Pitch. Pitch. No, Rishai I would never do that. He's a nice person. I plead the fifth. Yeah.
1: Hum- he, he's saying he's texting me right now. He's saying hummus, more like
2: shitness.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
2: It has been fun though. I've been making pita bread recently a lot more because i find the the options in the uk actually worse than germany in some ways is that right yeah oddly enough i would i didn't expect that you can get some of the stuff but not as like freshly baked you know sometimes Mm -hmm. i forget what days you can go you get like really good freshly baked bread or whatever Mm -hmm. um but i don't know so i just have been going down that road more often than not uh, which has been fun
0: yeah it's funny that you should mention that because i was just gonna ask the two of you like what's your like Favorite breads for hummus.
2: Wonder bread.
1: What wonder bread? Yes. Wonder bread. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like to do wonder bread. I like to put mayonnaise on both sides, and then hummus. Sandwich. And then I put hummus on. <laughs> but I do a reverse. I do. I do hummus on the outside of the bread. Nice. And then I. And then my hand, my fingers touch the hummus, and the bread's on the inside. That's what I do. Nice.
0: So you're doing like a like a like a bread sandwich with hummus on both sides. <laughs>
1: That's it. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. <laughs> um, yeah, my favorite is something that's called khubz taboon, which is like uh less like a pita, more like a naan maybe. You could kind of say it's like a bit thinner than that. Um but yeah, that's kind of what I like. So it doesn't have a pocket in the middle, right? And I find it to just be a little bit more a little bit softer, a little bit chewier. Like the, um, to be honest, I never buy like the the, the pita or like the uh, khobz arabi, I guess. Um, I basically don't. I only use that for feta, pretty much. So I only use it for like if I want to like toast it and make a a, a dish with like toasted whatever because the that bread is real thin. It toasts real nice and it's already kind of dry, so I don't really care about, like, toasting it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas when it comes to actually, like, tahomis, like, eating with your hands, like, with bread and stuff as sort of your utensil, I like the the taboon for this one. What about you, Rishan?
2: Honestly, like, the, the bread that I like is is uh, not actually from uh, the Levant, but is uh, mloah.
1: Oh. Oh, uh, yeah. cris- crispy, flaky. Yeah,
2: crispy, flaky, delicious sea goodness. Yes, mom um, It's so good. That's actually, like, um, I'd say... In some ways, I don't know uh, more similar to naan in some ways, um, but flakier well, obviously. That's
1: yeah. I feel like 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 um, I feel like. I mean, maybe I'm wrong because I don't. I'm not so familiar with like Indian breads, I guess. But in my mind, like taboon is sort of like naan because a taboon is a type of oven which sort of resembles a tandoor, and the malaweh it's is like a paratha? kind of like a paratha yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. exactly so
2: there's another yeah. bread uh that is more like paratha from yemen which is oh is that right okay yeah, 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 i yeah. mean you
1: guys love your bread over there oh my god <laughs> you have like seventeen thousand different types of feta
2: <laughs>
1: or feta sorry
0: no wonder sorry, you yeah. like living in germany so much
2: it's so good i miss it so much <laughs> oh man Oh, man.
1: But, do, Rishad, do you, so do you make, do you make like hubs Araby? Like, this is what you,
2: like, is that what you make? Yeah, no, I'll just make like little pocket pita stuff. It's the, easier, the easiest thing to make. Just, you know, Cute. throw it on a pizza, pizza stone, and you're good to go, basically. It right. flips up.
1: Right, right. Um, because I've, whenever I make it, I do in a cast iron.
2: Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's similar to like a yeah. pseudo nani type of. Exactly. Like, you, yeah, yeah, I make nani so in don't... a cast iron as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't get like that pocket, but I get that blistery, you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 For and sure. because of like the crazy high heat, it like stays moist, which is good. But I've been in so many situations where I was like, oh, I wish I had some clubs I ought to be right now. And then I was like, do I make some? Yeah. And I haven't made any. It's
2: but, yeah. a bit of an so investment to, to make you. it. Um, but actually, That's it's actually it. quite easy, honestly. And I think it's depending on the size of your pizza stone, if it can fit like three or four then it'll just make it a lot easier a lot faster for you but if you're just having to make one at a time you're kind of screwed that's like the cast iron like i don't know i have what two cast iron pans i don't think i can make as many per um oh yeah definitely not round yeah. if that makes sense uh, definitely but no it's good oh so good i'm so hungry now
1: <laughs> <laughs> i just i just had food i made uh if you follow me on instagram you'll you'll see it yeah
2: can you plug your uh, handle one more time
1: yeah uh it's logan l-o-g-a-n dot mori m-o-r-i l-o-g-a-n dot m-o-r-i
2: i wonder if there's like a half japanese guy like in the u.s who's maybe named logan mori
1: i thought about <laughs> that i thought about that because i googled just mori like before and i was i got a lot of japanese results and yeah. i was like okay which I cook, I cook a decent amount of Japanese food, so it's a little, you know, you
2: no. Know. Okay, super random. I had this amazing Thai dish the other day. I was in London oh. at this like super random Thai restaurant. I was just like, okay, this has really good reviews. Whatever, I'm just gonna pop by for lunch, right? Mm-hmm. So fucking good, like amazing big chunks of lamb, which I had never had in Thai food. Like it's like lamb on the bone. Imagine like the. Imagine if it were like a lamb chop, but like just so much more meatier and like cooked in the stir fry with all the seasonings, like a standard stir fry sauce or whatever with like all the garlic and the red chili, spur chilies, all that stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. oh my Lord, it went well together in a way that I did not expect at all, like perfectly juicy and succulent yet like seared as well. And just like, oh. I was really on, impressed. On the, bone, on the bone? On the bone. On the bone.
1: And on the bone stir fry is, just that is interesting. Yeah, I yeah. did not
2: expect that at all, honestly. Um, and then I just, it, and uh, I always like, I guess in my head, thought to myself, lamb would go good with the spices of Thai food. Um, right. But I hadn't had them before. And just like this mix. And it wasn't like a fusion restaurant. Everything was like standard on the menu, right? So I I just saw this thing and I was intrigued. This lamb, whatever, whatever. And I'm like, and obviously there's like holy basil and blah, 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 mixed into it, whatever. Mm -hmm. And just Mm -hmm. such a good dish. I was blown away. I was literally inspired by this meal. Like sitting at the table, just thanking the waiter so many times for providing this (laughs) meal to me because it was so good.
1: Amazing. Yeah. I've never thought about lamb and Thai food before, but now that you mention it. And especially you just said holy basil, like holy basil and lamb would be really good because it's got that pepperiness. So it's like, you sort of get that. Yeah, because when I think of lamb, I sort of think of like sort of dried spices. Do you know what I mean? And so you like, mm.
0: So what's mm. the last dish that blew your mind, Logan?
1: Oh, wow. The last dish that blew my mind. I mean, I don't eat out that much. I got to say I mean it I could be your own meal. I was just going to say
0: I I think any of your dishes would blow blow my mind so
1: Is is that like totally tried of me to say though? If it was no. like one of my own. I mean the okay, so one thing that like truly blew me away at how delicious it was because I was like I was like, "Oh, this could be fun." And then I did it and I was like, "Holy shit, I'm going to start making this all the time." Um was a what I call a dry sinigang so recently i've been cooking a lot of filipino food uh my my uh, excuse excuse you rashad for coughing just kidding uh <laughs> but yeah i've been cooking a lot of filipino food my grandma's family's from the philippines but i didn't grow up eating filipino food at all basically and so i'm trying to like discover that a little bit more now i feel like i don't know my, my grandma she passed away like a year ago or something and then my my uh like my dad and my mom went to hawaii for the funeral and met up with like that whole side of the family a bunch and i heard about stories and then my brother just had a son in february and he named his son after our filipino great-grandfather and so now it's like i'm trying to like have this renaissance of sort of discovering my roots a little bit anyway that being said uh i've been cooking a lot of filipino food and there's a filipino dish that is super iconic and super popular and super delicious and it's called sinigang and it's basically a uh it's like a fish. It's not necessarily, it doesn't have to be with fish, but like it's a stew. It's a very, or a soup rather. It's a very sour soup that's soured with tamarind. And so it has like that kind of tamarind and it's very often cooked with like seafood or or something else. And it's seasoned with like fish sauce and a bit of sugar. So it's very like sour, funky, salty. That's the vibe, right? Um, I made it. I made the actual Sinigang version, but very similar to Tomyom, if you guys know like the Thai dish tomium, Yeah. I don't like sour soups. Same. Like there's something, mm. right? Okay, it's not just meat. Like there's something about sour, hot liquids that just reminds me of Vom.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's too too acidic.
1: It, that's it. And like even if like th- the flavors are delicious and I'm into like the flavors individually, there's just something about that hot sourness where I'm like, this is like barf to me. Like it's just reminiscent of that and I don't like it. So anyway, so I was thinking about like, well I wanna like enjoy this dish because it's super like I said, it's like super iconic and it's like it sounds delicious, like it, in theory. Um and so I was thinking about it, and similar to tom yum, there's a Thai dish that's called tom yum hang, which is dry tom yum, which is basically everything that makes tom yum tom yum, but in a stir fry. And so I was like, oh, I can make like a dry sinigang. And so I basically made a stir fry, like like so it was, I use like, uh, I think I use pork ribs, uh, and then I stir fried that with like a tamarind fish sauce bit of uh, cane sugar. So almost like Pad Thai vibes, actually, almost exactly, except cane sugar instead of palm sugar. Um, and then I I had like pressure cooked the ribs beforehand. So they kind of like had a broth. And then I put the broth like to loosen up uh, the tamarind because if you buy like a block of tamarind, you have to put hot liquid over it in order to mash it and make like the juice out of it, basically. And so it was like, super flavorful like meaty tamarind like stir fry like sauce and then just with a bunch of vegetables i think i had like eggplant and the okra and tomato uh and that was something i had to like get used to because in a lot of filipino food there's like tomatoes where you think tomatoes don't belong like i don't like i don't think of tomatoes when i think of like a stir fry um, but it was so delicious So incredibly delicious, like super garlicky. I added like chilies like as well. So it was like garlic chili situation in a wok. Uh, Then like uh, go in like the meats and then the stir fry sauce. And that all just sort of like boils down and kind of reduces. And then went in like the fresh veggies. That way they kind of stayed crunchy a little bit. Um, So yeah, like sort of baby eggplants, okra. Uh, There might have been like some, oh, I can't remember like there was probably like some onions in there obviously too and just that over rice and it was just like a sweet sour salty funky because i love tamarind spicy garlicky and it was so good
0: so anyway that sounds amazing wow thanks
2: Chris. oh my god i'm getting so hungry what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> time zones a bitch oh god it's what's awful. for dinner tonight rashad yeah. what's for dinner um i just ha- i was like fired up the grill a few days ago and i made a bunch Ooh. of chicken on the grill just to like because you- i was a charcoal so i just said you know one shot i'm gonna grill a lot of things uh, yeah so leftovers yeah, yeah. today um but then it'll be like a mm. simple spinach feta salad on the side whatever yeah so it'll be simple but um good and healthy hopefully
0: yeah that's one of these things like i've been vegetarian for 10 years now and i've been basically living vegan for like two of them and it's like but i've never cooked meat and it's just like i'm pr- definitely missing out on like a lot of flavors and i would i've i've never prepared meat or fish either like i haven't like just to figure out like how to prepare it which is be super interesting to get just to just get into it but i guess i'll never know
1: I mean, it takes, it takes skill, you know what I mean? Like to cook, to cook meat or fish, like it's, it's very, it's finicky, you know what I mean? So you kind of have to be a good cook to cook it properly. But like, would you, like, would you, would you like eat, like, because you just said like, oh, I'm missing out on stuff. Like, would you, would you eat like meat or fish if you, like, let's say I invited you over. And so like one day out of the last 10 years, you had like meat or fish, would that be chill with you or not so
0: much? Nah. Nah, I pr- not probably action. not. I mean, I might change my mind on that at some point, but for now, I'm just like, no, I'm I'm good without it. Right, but, right,
1: right. Yeah. Yeah. Follow-up question. Yeah. What if it was not like, <laughs> what if it wasn't like like meat or fish, but what if it was a vegetarian thing that happened to had fish sauce in it and I didn't tell you about it? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Is that a, a uh, theoretical scenario, or has that happened?
1: No, it actually hasn't happened okay. because I yeah because I think <clears throat> because I think that's that's rude. I don't want to like you know <laughs> what I mean. If people like I said, people have their own reasons, and so me tricking people into eating animal products is not cute. But I do know vegetarians, and uh, well, I don't know about vegans, but I do know vegetarians who are just like, oh yeah, I'm chill with that.
0: I wouldn't, but if uh, if I had eaten, so let's say you had prepared something i eat it it obviously doesn't matter what it is obviously it's delicious and i enjoy eating it and then like midway through you say ah shit i forgot there's fish fish sauce in it i'd be like no biggie but i'm not gonna eat any more of it like i'm not gonna go through the bathroom and throw up or whatever like i'm not (laughs) i'm not that type of uh vegetarian
1: okay you know okay okay can can I this might be a personal question you don't have to answer <clears throat> but why are you vegetarian
0: Uh for uh environmental and uh, ethical reasons I would Cute. say like generally like you know just the amount of impact that um me the meat industry has uh on you know environmental uh, bad un- environmental things uh so so lo- so so eloquent so eloquent (laughs) but no just like like you know um the meat industry is like the number one uh contributor to global warming i guess or to like the gases and shit like that um and also ethically like it's not just that i can survive without without it but it's like i can just basically i can just live like any other like if I, i just don't eat meat and it's fine like, it's not like it's even an effort, at uh, like, at all anymore. Especially in the last few years. It's gotten ridiculously easy. Okay. There is a big market of, like, um, things that are supposed to look like meat, that taste like meat, all these things. And I don't... Every once in a while, I partake, but generally i think something that helped me you know i didn't cook before i became vegetarian so um which is a little bit embarrassing but that's how it is and so i had to learn everything and kind of you know this kind of standard thing of what how a dish is um you know constructed at least where i where i've grown up if you if you just substitute it with something made of soy or whatever, that's just, I think that's kind of lazy. I feel like it opens you up to doing like, especially on like a casual thing if you're not like into cooking as much as you two guys are. But like, if you're just like doing your thing a little bit and you're not not like hardcore into things, it's just like, you have to, you can, it it offers you the opportunity to kind of rethink that like okay, there's like carbs, uh meat, and like that vet- a little bit of vegetables. Like that's like the three ways. Like this is how a meal is constructed here. And it's like if you d- if you automatically say okay no meat, and you don't substitute it, that just opens the door to just experimenting more. And that's definitely what led me down the path of seeing okay how can I do this differently. Right. Wow, that was a big right. tangent.
1: No, it's good. I mean, it's, it's, I'm always curious, like, to hear about that kind of stuff, like, for sure, because I think you bring up a good point. And, like, all of these, all of these products, these, you know, vegetarian and vegan, plant based, whatever, like, products that are sort of like meat imitation or like yeah. meat substitutes or whatever. It's kind of, I mean, uh... It's a big, heavy sigh.
0: Yeah, especially because some of them are manufactured or like some of them are produced by, um, you know, the same companies that do like that. uh, Make the salami or whatever. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, okay. If like, depending on what reason you have for not eating meat, it's like, okay, do you really have to do that? But I don't know. Now I do start to sound judgmental
1: i mean i mean it's not i don't know i think i don't know i don't know i am i don't want to like judge people for their own choices of what they put in their body that's their own damn business but like like i think that very often when it comes to sort of like these kinds of products and like people buy them because it's whatever because it's a substitute and they like miss meat or even if they don't it's just like what they eat but like it's, it's so processed and there's just so much bullshit that like goes into it. Do you know what I mean? And I feel like the focus, there's so much focus on what I shouldn't eat. You know what I mean? And there's no focus on what you should, like, there's no, like the idea of nutrition or eating like in a really natural way or like, you know, like proper cooking and like stuff like this, taking care of your body. I feel like this goes out the window with so many reasons of like why people, you know what I mean? Like their own relationships with food and their own meatless diets is that it's all about you know it's all about that's where the focus is and not on like the food itself like in a way and so i think that's always i don't know
0: yeah for sure and like i've (laughs) i have eaten a lot of processed food in my life like especially when i was a teenager so
1: sure and
0: like sure sure i I kind of had to change that and i was like okay this opens up a lot of new possibilities and it's very exciting right 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 and i've i've been uh i have been Very, very lucky to learn from some of the best out there. And yes, I mean, the two of you.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's cute. Thanks, Chris. I mean, it's also true that there's so many, there's so many great vegetarian and vegan dishes out there. Do you know what I mean? So I don't know what this sort of, you know, this, 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 this sort of. I don't know this. This wants to eat meat-looking things. Do you know what I mean? It's just like just eat something that's vegetarian. I guess you know. No. Or if you really, if you really want meat, and you know, you're like 99.99999% of your diet is totally plant-based, but you're just like, fuck, man, I want a burger. Have a burger. Yeah, and it doesn't definitely. like you know, like it doesn't actually. I understand like it's good to have principles and stuff like that, but it's like if your principles are oh I don't want to like affect the environment or blah blah blah, it's like well you can. If you want, and if you really want to have a burger, like get yourself some like organic or like local beef, something that was like raised sustainably, and have a goddamn burger. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. It doesn't actually make a dent if that's kind of what you're worrying about. But anyway.
0: Exactly. Yeah, it's like it, it because at some point it just becomes really dogmatic, and that's not something. Yeah. Really
1: like. Boom. Dogmatic. That's the word. It's, uh, eat, eat a dog. You know? Sure,
0: if you want. There's if, plenty
1: of those. Yeah. No one's eaten those. Why not? Yeah. That's that's if, if, if the listener takes anything away from this, it's that we should be eating more dogs.
0: Yeah, the shelters must be emptied one way or another.
1: That's it. That's the hill that I'm going to die on. <laughs> you know? like like you're you're right because we're it's too many too many cows too many you know it's 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 a we need to diversify a little bit you know we need to think about like you know the whole like eating the whole animal movement where you eat like you know everything like part of the animal and then it's less wasteful it's more sustainable in that way but what about all these animals that we're just not even eating yeah that's it mama eat the entire the
0: animal world that's the new slogan mm-hmm. mm-hmm. mm. rushard do you have any opinions on that <laughs> you've been awfully quiet
2: yeah, I just have a, a couple of things. Um, one thing. <laughs> what the fuck? No, 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 no. Don't, I'm just ignoring that whole top, the, the dog thing. <laughs> because you agree, great. Yeah, of yeah. course. My one question for you, Logan, I guess, is if someone were to you know, go from zero to start cooking, do you have any tips for them?
1: Ooh. Good question. Oh. That's a nice question, Rashad. I've never thought about that, really. Someone who doesn't cook at all and wants to like get into it. I mean, yeah. Like, I mean, definitely, definitely start with, um, God, it's hard to say because like, it, it's hard because like, we obviously have like, uh, like a wealth of food knowledge. So we know what's easy and what's maybe more complicated, you know? But I would say like, start with recipes that are like easy. Do you know what I mean? And also I think like, I think a big reason why people don't cook is because they like it's stressful to them. Do you know what I mean? But it's like food doesn't have to be stressful. Like if you actually. let's put it this way. Like I've, I've, I've cooked with people like alongside people who get stressed out, like from cooking and like seeing how they cook. It's like, yeah, no wonder you're like chaotic, like the way that you're cooking. Like, and so I, I feel like, look, like YouTube is such a good resource, like truly like watch YouTube, watch how people cut an onion. Do you know what I mean? Like watch and do what they do. Because like, if you watch someone cut an onion and they do it in 15 seconds, and then for you, it takes like two minutes, and then you're like, fuck, I'm so like annoyed because it's, it took me two minutes just to cut that onion. Do you know what I mean? This kind of stuff to where it's like, you know, get kind of get into like some basics and understand that cooking does not have to be stressful. Like, if you come at it from a perspective of like, oh, this is a skill that I can learn from, you know what I mean? Come at it like that. And um,
2: I think yeah, one thing and I would say, easy yeah, start with easy recipes and also recipes that you like. Things that you enjoy.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And know and know that like cooking is it is absolutely like a trial it's like a trial and error kind of thing. That's how I learned how to cook. You know what I mean? Like I just cook shit and made mistakes and was like, oh next time I make this it's gonna be like that. Or next time I make something like this, I should do that and it's gonna be delicious. Do you know? And this is just how you learn like the mechanics of cooking over time and it becomes second nature. So I think I think, yeah. So one to actually answer your question, one is a mindset. Come at it as like, oh, I'm here to learn. You know, this is a skill that I don't know about. I want to learn. It's not as easy as just like, you know, slapping shit together, I guess. But at the same time, you know, don't be stressed out about it. Like have a good time, be chill. Understand that there's easy ways to do things. Work smarter, not harder. You can find out those things by watching YouTube um and then yeah easy 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 sort of recipes like they don't have to be complicated like cook a like cook a i was gonna say like cook like a chicken breast or something but actually like you can overcook a chicken breast really easily but there's there's recipes or okay how about how about like chicken thigh adobo Yeah. boom perfect adobo going back to filipino food you got literally you you get like a piece of meat that something like a chicken thigh that literally you cook it for 20 minutes and it's cooked but if you cook it for 45 minutes or an hour it's so soft and falling off the bone and that is like a cut of meat that like you cannot really overcook so it's like very forgiving in a way so like forgiving sort of recipes and again If you're totally new you don't understand what like a forgiving recipe is but i guess this is the do you have some examples
2: yeah of forgiving recipes or relatively easier ones. yeah
1: yeah adobo perfect like filipino adobo wonderful you literally just put like like you don't need like there's steps that you can follow if you want but honestly if you just put like chicken thighs with a shit ton of garlic soy sauce and vinegar and a touch of sugar with black pepper and bay leaves in a pot and you cook it for an hour, it's going to be so good. <laughs> like, and that's it. Okay. And I would be very remiss if I left this podcast and I didn't say what I really want to say from this entire hummus conversation, which is the following. So basically, when when you're looking for recipes of kind of any cuisine, really, but I mean, this is in the context of hummus, um, be very scrupulous when it comes to Your sources of where certain recipes and information is coming from, kind of like anything. Because it happens all too often that, you know, recipe developers will take ingredients or dishes or entire cuisines and they will completely take them out of their cultural context that they were originally produced in, you know, without any sort of understanding or appreciation of like the very real human and cultural environments that, you know, they were sort of developed in um and in doing so they're not really giving credit where credit is due and they end up just you know passing on information and knowledge that really isn't sort of theirs and could potentially even be false and so it's sort of borderlines on this really cringy version of cultural appropriation which is problematic and not good um now all of that being said does that mean that you should never make hummus or did you never use tahini or like soy sauce or like whatever the fuck else for that matter no like of course not this is what's cool about being a human nowadays in this world is that we have so much access to so many ingredients and cuisines and knowledge but we have to be a little bit responsible of how we access that knowledge in my opinion and so take the time if if this is my one like little little tip is that take the time to sort of you know respect and learn about a dish ingredients but most importantly the people who have gifted them to the world for all of us to enjoy such, such as such as hummus such as
2: tahini and that's that's really one, what i want to part with both of you today so the last thing i want to ask you uh chris do you have anything else before i go into the last official thing
0: so many but i think i i'm just going to have to hang out with logan sometime and ask him off off the mic Aww
2: with pleasure you can just record it and make it another
0: podcast sure we can there do that. we go
2: slash this was so fun i mean i'd be happy to come back whenever you guys want oh my god we'll be happy to have you um so i would like if you can logan you can say no of course is to the best of your ability could you describe what you would call the classic logan hummus how does logan make his hummus what are the <laughs> ingredients that go in how what does your process look like what is the what is the end result look like as well and give us the official you know serially hooked hummus recipe by logan
1: Ooh, fun hummus a la logan as seen on seriously is serially hooked um okay so i i do i am similar to rashad and i have just a shit ton of dried chickpeas at all times and so that's what i that's what i start with i soak them For as early as I can remember, if it's overnight, great. Then you literally just don't even have to think about it. Just before you go to bed, you just top them off with water, like in a bowl. If you don't, like, you know, whatever, a couple hours, and that's fine. You just want to, like, get them a little bit going because you have to cook them anyway, so who cares? And then I do do the the otolengi tamimi baking soda method at that point. I, I bust out my pressure cooker. I have a pressure cooker, and so I do that to where I drain them. Put them in like over high heat with a bit of baking soda. So that way you really scour like the skins, top them off with a bunch of water and then pressure cook them for. That's the thing. Even with a pressure cooker, it still takes forever. I find like an hour, like an hour. Sounds about right. Honestly. Same. Yeah.
2: Um, I find that some chickpeas cook, some brands of chickpeas cook faster than others. Maybe they just me being going crazy.
1: It could it could be though honestly because I feel like for me it's sort of it's sort of different every time do you know what I mean yeah. like I'll I'll check it after like forty five minutes maybe and it's just like oh these are good and then sometimes it's like oh these need like another half hour you know so it just it truly depends um, but also I just said that like oh sometimes I soak them sometimes I don't so that could also be why <laughs> 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 um, and anyway so that's what I do um, <clears throat> and then yeah and then i put them into a food processor i have a fancy pants ninja food processor because i broke three food processors in my life and so i dropped some money on like a nice one and so i put that on my ninja food processor and then i like i said i eyeball it i do about a third of the amount of taine oh no sorry before i do that i just do i puree the chickpeas just by themselves to kind of like really fuck up those skins as much as I can, like sort of like just by themselves. Pro tip. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, and then I add about a third of the amount of taine, uh, lemon, salt, tiny bit of cumin, uh, crushed garlic. And actually the garlic you can throw in the head with the, with the, before you like, as you're blending just the chickpeas, you can put in the garlic there too. That way that gets like super liquid as well. But anyway, that all goes in. And then you, and then I puree the shit out of that. Oh, season with salt, puree, puree that, and then adjust with water. And then taste, taste, and adjust to see, uh, do I want it, do I want it like more tangy? Do I want more lemon? Does it need more salt? And it's all about this balancing act um, of at the, you know, that's really what it comes down to where art sort of takes over You have to like adjust the water the lemon the salt depending on whatever it is and then yeah and then ideally you eat that uh within like i would say within like two hours do you know what i mean it can obviously sort of cool down and be at room temperature and it's okay if that's the case you should cover it somehow because it will develop sort of a skin um and it also doesn't hurt just before you um just before you dish it out and like people start eating it, you can puree it one more time, just so that way everything is like really light and fluffy and beautiful. And so yeah, serve that. Do like a little swoosh swoosh with like a spoon to make sort of a, a little moat. Fill that with like I said, I in a mortar and pestle, I pound some green chili, um, and a little bit of garlic uh, with a touch of salt and a touch of sugar. Actually, I'm no shame in the game of adding sugar. This is what that's that's sugar seasoning, uh, crush that up a little bit, add a touch of lemon and a lot of olive oil, and then that just gets spooned all over the top, so that way it fills up the moat, and then just a sprinkle of sumac, and then you serve that with bread, and that is, that's hummus.
2: Sounds delicious, and familiar.
1: Bam, and familiar.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Logan, for coming on today. Uh, we love talking to you, of course.
1: Thank you. It was so fun.
2: <laughs> well, I think we've had a lot of talk about hummus and now it's about time for me to go have some dinner and sadly mm. not eat hummus. But alas, I'll have it soon enough. I feel like this is the last thing. Sorry. I I eat more hummus at other people's houses than ever at home. Or like when I go to people and make people make hummus for people. Right. I make hummus. Yeah, okay, I others. was just going to
0: oh, ask, do you, you make the myself. hummus or do they make the hummus? <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah it's just very interesting
1: that's true for me too i feel like i don't i don't make hummus for myself really like i invite people over and then make it or like bring it to somewhere but i i don't know i that's that's a good point i never really make it for myself not really
2: yeah but it's so good so thanks again logan um do you want to stick around for one second as we do our little ending thing
1: yeah i would love to
2: um so if you want to support the podcast and you liked what you heard logan what should the listeners do
1: Oh, they should they should they should rate on whatever platform they're listening to this. Is it I like iTunes or something? I and, and they they could, they can comment. Yes. Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts and then they can also you also have a website. Yes. You can go to the website.
0: What's the URL of the website? That.
1: The URL is like literally uh, chris and rashad sitting in a tree <laughs> dot gov. And then uh, and so that's that. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then, the, and then you have a Twitter as well. There's also a Twitter. It's probably like serially hooked. Probably dot com. You'll find it. Google. Yeah.
2: I couldn't have asked for a better ending. Thank you. So <laughs> How
1: do I do? do?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Thank you
2: guys. Oh, so much fun. Nice amazing. chatting with you. Making it a race thing. Great way to go out, Logan. <laughs> <laughs> Uh. Uh,
1: anyway anyway